What when is there the right time to get in yeah. shape or have a baby or start a business or get married or move? There's never a right time. There, right. Like it's not the right time when you're 22, 25, 35, 55, do it now. Like if that's what you need to do, you just do it today. Right. And so yeah. that's like the whole age thing is, a, is an interesting conversation. I'm not just saying that because now I'm 45, but it truly <laughs> is. And if you know yeah. things at 45, you didn't know at 25 that you can make the most out of, then do it now. This is episode number 131 with Eric Post. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor and lifestyle entrepreneur and the co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star Wife, author and speaker, Barbara Allen. And we have another incredible uh, guest and interview for you uh, today. His name is Eric Post. Uh, we've been following Eric for some time on social media, in particular Facebook. Uh, Eric Post American is his Facebook page. He has a huge uh, following and very engaged following. He's a very successful entrepreneur. Uh, and proud American, and we're just really uh, grateful to have him on the show today. Uh, Eric Post lost a million dollars of his net worth in the first months of the 2008 housing crash. Still, he and his company not only survived that economic crash, but they thrived. He has personally been involved in more than 700 residential and commercial real estate transactions, and his team of real estate agents has closed over 10,000 transactions, totaling in excess of $3 billion in sales. He has owned and operated multiple companies that have been recognized in publications such as the Business Journal for being the fastest growing in Oregon, and he's been voted top 100 best places to work. Today, when Eric is not offering professional consulting services to individuals and companies or manning the, catch, the kitchen in his new restaurant or speaking on stages across the country, he is sharing his thoughts and insight online. He's grown a huge community of millions of people who appreciate his openness, patriotism, insight, and humor. So listen in as Eric shares his personal story of building his version of the American dream and how he uses some painful challenges in his own life as an opportunity to connect with and mentor today's youth. So without further ado, here is Eric Post and Barbara Allen. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. I imagine many of you listening have seen Eric Post's posts, have heard him, have had some kind of thoughts on his content and what he says. And if he, whether you have or you haven't, you're, you're in for it today because he's promised to just lay it out there and go <laughs> free for all. And if you've been listening to me, you know, uh, it can, nobody should say that to me unless we really mean it. Right. Because I, I love it. that. I love that stuff. Right. So Eric Post, he's an investor in small businesses. He provides funding and consulting for businesses and all sorts of stages of their development. He's done ridiculous numbers in the real estate world, which is something that we're big on too. And we know that's a great vehicle, a great vehicle to achieve all sorts of um, financial success and freedom and independence in your life and make an impact on others too. He's an owner or co-owner of businesses in the real estate, the health, wellness, nutrition, and technology fields. Just for kicks, he's, he's very well-rounded, I guess. Let's see if we can get him into like 
puppies or something. All of which is impressive, but we'll be talking about all of those. But what we're most into is the other investments he makes, the investments in his, in his own accountability, in his own health and wellness, that of his family, his community, and his country. He's a husband and his father. He's patriotic, which is right up our alley. And He's a mentor to others, not to mention he's also served in the United States Marine Corps. Uran, he's here today. Ura. Eric Post, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and, and talk with us today. Uh, seriously an honor. Seriously an honor. Let's crush it. Yeah, let's crush it. I love that. I love getting texts from, you know, usually I'm like pinging our guests in the morning, but when a guest pings me first and is the first one to get me, I'm like, oh, this is going to be excellent. You know, <laughs> that's great. And you got me today. You know, I lost track of time and you beat me, which was awesome. It's just, it's fun to see. It's exciting to see. I love the content you put out there and there's so much out there. I sort of struggle with where to start. I think I first came across you years ago on one of your videos and years ago, it's not even that long ago that you started this, but yeah, you, a couple years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Obviously your message gets through to people and it means something and it resonates and your delivery, you know, there's a difference between being like passionate and full of conviction and being self-righteous. Right. And mm, I you, like that a lot. You, yeah. you managed to avoid the self-righteous part and, and just lay mm. it out there in a way that's relatable to people and they connect with, and even the people who disagree with you, I think have a hard time finding something truly nasty to say because you're you know, you just keep it Cool. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, that only comes because I try and say things that are just not for me. Like yeah. I try and say things that like represent somebody else or might help somebody else. And when you do that, when, when you're keeping their needs or their thoughts first, then it's a little easier, I think. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, that's true. And then the first thing is, you know, what touches the person, but a lot of people fall short of that. And uh, so, yeah, props to you for doing that. How did you decide, we're, we're going to go into where you are now, and then we're going to go back into your story a little bit, because it can be super easy for somebody to say, oh, Eric, where'd he come from? Like, all of a sudden, he's here and he's everywhere, and it's Eric Post, Eric Post, and Nick, you're everywhere. But I think if you just take that at the surface, it can be, they can use you as an excuse and another example why they can't be you, right? Well, because he's got this audience, he's got this. But when you dig into your story a little bit, man, you worked for it. And mm -hmm. and you've been there and you've overcome a lot more than I think most people um, would think that you've overcome to, to get through to where you are today. But let's talk about where you are today. You're an online influencer. You can't avoid that word because you do influence, you know, we all influence to some extent, but yep. you're actually, you know, somebody out there influencing a lot of people. What, why do you take, you're, you're hugely successful in business as well. What caused you to like take time out of your business and your financial and making all this money and the success to say, Hey, I'm going to also do this. Well, I think any level of success, first of all, doesn't come overnight. Everyone said that on your podcast, I'm sure. And everybody that's ever yep. been successful has said that there's an, there's an element of luck and there's an element of time and pressure to it. You just got to put on the time and eventually something clicks, right? Like right place, right time. But back to that. Um, the only reason why people are generally successful is because they always do put people's needs first above their own. You know, it's, it's really hard to become a millionaire, multimillionaire, billionaire and do it all on your own or do it selfishly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, so, you know, then translating to accidentally, is that me by the way, dinging or is that you? I don't know. I'm I, hearing some dinging. I don't hear a ding. Oh, well then I'll I, just <laughs> ignore that. I will. I swear I'm not crazy. I'm hearing something. I think I'm getting emails. I should turn that off. But anyways, oh. I, I would say, and that's a busy day. It's a Monday. Let's go. Yeah. Um, 
But back to that, no, it just became the right time, right place. I mean, the country has been in a really weird place for the last couple of years. And so it was just this opportunity to maybe have a voice that was somewhere. I have my views and my opinions. They're definitely towards one side, obviously. But I don't necessarily, like labels to me are ridiculous. It's all about ideas and ideas are fluid. And people's ideas change and good people have bad ideas and bad people have good ideas. And so, you know, it, it's just one of those things where if you have an idea that that is, I don't want to say the word relevant, that's overused, but definitely persuasive, you know, and you have the capacity to to argue like you're right, but listen like you're wrong, then now is a great time to share those ideas. You know, and now those it's a great time to, to have those really intense conversations as uncomfortable as they might be and as, you know, inflammatory as they might be, they're really necessary. So let's get all this shit out there and let's just talk about it and be adults. So, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I love that you said that. I have one of my best friends. I obviously, you know, and we hear American sympathy, there's a, a little overlap, right? We obviously lean one way and we have our own beliefs and our own views. And as hard as we tried to be inclusive of everybody, say, look, this is what we feel, um, you know, patriotism is important to us, right? And so the moment we put that out there, we lost half of the audience, you know, because yeah, they don't exactly. think that. So, but I like that you say that and you uh, also have that, that mindset that I think the more people that are out there are saying, you know, it's not divisive, it's not this. And the more times that message is heard, it'll eventually, it just takes a lot of people to get that message out there. Right. And it's heard yeah. in different ways. Um, yeah. So you've built, let's talk uh, now about the success that you've built. How did you get into, you know, you got out of the Marine Corps, you were a combat engineer in the Marine Corps what, in like the 90s somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, let's not, date, let's not date everything, but yeah, yeah, about um, that. Yeah, that's okay. right, dude, I'm pushing 50s, that makes you feel better. <laughs> wow, you look amazing, you look amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's because we're like a continent, you know, like a country away, right? Yeah. But uh, yes, it is what it is, what's the alternative, right? Um, so yeah, so you were in Marine Corps in the 90s, you came out and a lot of veterans, I'm sure you know, have this, struggle after service to like find their niche or fit back in. And it is hard. You develop this mindset and the skill and this work ethic and all this. It doesn't necessarily click right into the mold of the civilian life. Right. And you miss the camaraderie and all that. How did, did you struggle when you got out of the Marine Corps? Or did you like know the path that you were going to take? Well, you know, you're a young man generally, you know, when, when you, when, yeah. if you only serve one term, right. You're, you're young when you get out. And so you're still evolving and figure out who you are. And, and there's a transition of your own personal development on top of the development from such a, a unique environment to yeah. the real, the real world. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think every, no matter what your MOS was, no matter what branch you were in, no matter how long you're in, there's going to be a transition that is just very, very challenging. The good thing is I don't care. Like, I, I really don't care. Like bring it on. Like if, if you just want to be comfortable, then you're in the wrong life, you know, like, yeah. Comfort's the enemy of progress. So when you have that uncomfort, it's like, okay, now I got a new challenge. Let's figure out how to crush the new challenge. That's all, you know? And, and then how do you surround yourself with the right people? And what kind of job do you need to, to satisfy those same things that you got out of your military experience um, and, and not bring the baggage that comes along from, from having any sort of service or especially as some of your guests are just that you've had on and you've had the, the honor of talking with. Right. I mean, it, I, I looked at the list and it, it's just humbling to even be anywhere near those human beings. And so try interviewing them You're like, uh, blah, blah, blah. I, and you too, man, but don't put, you know, I put yourself up there, but ca carry on. Go ahead. No, it's crazy. So, <laughs> you know, and it, but I don't have any of those physical scars or even emotional scars yeah, like, yeah. like those, those men and women. So, you know, my transition was obviously crazy, much easier and, and, and civilian world for me has been 
the gray areas because in the military, mostly it's black and white. Marine Corps, it's mostly black and white, right? You got this many stripes, this many, mm-hmm. here's what's happened. You, you do good. You're, 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 you're fine. You don't do good. Here's your punishment, right? Right. The civilian world, there's just all this grayness and all this squishiness and, and all these political <laughs> conversations. And, and when I say politics, not politics there, but like, you know, human beings like survivor, like, yeah. like the show yeah, yeah, survivor. Yeah. It's a lot of that. Yeah. And, and, and so navigating that is a challenge. I mean, it truly is for anybody, especially when you come from a black and white world. So, I, you know, I, I just found it easy to say, I don't really care. Okay, now's my new environment. Let me just understand what the rules are. I'll play by those rules now. I don't need to bring my own rules, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing like when you go, like any survivalist or nature you know, person that goes in the woods, you have to understand you're not operating on the same rules in the woods as you are in the right. city. There's right. animals. There's like, So just understanding the actual rules you're playing in is important. And once you understand those rules, then you can win. Yeah. Got to adapt to the environment you're in kind of That's thing. It. That's it. Yeah. Adapt to the environment. So how did you choose real estate as one of your, your vehicles? And then not only how did you choose it, but you know, how did you grow it to the extent to which you have? Yeah. Well, so in 2002 is actually when I got into real estate, you know, as a real estate agent. And when people think about real estate, and there's so many different ways to make a living, the mortgage broker, as investor, as a brokerage owner, a yeah. mortgage brokerage owner, like there's just a lot of great ways to make a living. So I started as a real estate agent and, and just really decided that, okay, the average real estate agent doesn't do that much business, truly, right. statistically. Or make that much money. There's a there's a huge problem with mediocrity in the industry. So then I was like, okay, well, let me look at other industries that are amazing. What do they do? What are their tactics? What is Nike doing? What is Intel doing? What is Ford doing? Right? What are the people that sell copiers doing? Right? Whatever it is. And I just brought all those ideas, brought it to real estate, and just crushed it my first year. Like, you know, did uh, it was something like I think 10 times the average or something like that in year one. So it, it as was as an like, agent. As a real estate agent, yeah. yeah well, okay. yeah. So then a couple of years later, I was like, oh, well, I could teach other people to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's start a brokerage. <laughs> That's not as easy as it sounded, right? So, no. but yeah, then I started a brokerage a couple of years later and grew it to, we had five offices and, and that was the first business that I had where we were grossing a million dollars a month in, you know, as far as a brokerage and then, the, the, and then a uh, mortgage company on top of that, a home building and, and whatnot. So it just kept like expanding yeah. and then the crash happened. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then I learned a whole new set of skills. You know, it's, yes. it's one set of skills to make money. It's another set of skills to keep the money. Yes. Right. And yeah. so that, that was just a humbling ass experience for sure. You know, when yep. all your assets are in rentals and, and the commercial industrial and five real estate offices and it's all your assets are in one industry and yep. that industry goes in the shitter. Yep. It's a problem. Right. So yep. Just got to work through that, right? But yeah, then, then I just kind of went from there. So after we came out of there, I rebranded everything. Um, you know, it was real important to me that through that downturn, we paid everybody all the time before myself. So I didn't even pay myself for a couple of years. You know, How did just, you, you just worked off of savings or what you could then? You just stretched it out? Yeah. Literally, you know, literally just tightened down the belt. And, and I looked at my employees that we had and I said, listen, we are going to keep all of you. Because when we get out of this, like the, the stronger through this is right. going to be just turbo boosted when we come out. Cause we're going to come out. This isn't a permanent thing. Everything is cyclical. And so, you know, we retained, you know, all of our assets, we retained, and when I say assets, meaning our human beings, those are truly assets to me. Like those, yeah. those are the company. So yeah. it was just really important. And I was hoping at the end of that, that when we paid everybody on time, we had those relationships that we'd be the first one to get calls when there's opportunities again, you know, and, and it happened. And so we came out of the gates when, when the market started correcting itself, we came out of the gates fast and strong and, and we crushed it, you know, right, right away again. So it was really cool. That's awesome. You know, I was a realtor at one point in my life when I had 
like four little kids and a husband leaving. I had to do something, right? So real estate was was the tool I use. And um, I'm a little jealous of those in your brokerage because we definitely did not have a broker with that like, hey team, you know, mindset. It was you know, going for your uptime, do what you can do on your own. Like, well, you know, but uh, yeah. So I, took I, a, I took a crazy approach. People thought yeah. I was crazy. And I had a great business partner, by the way, John. He's a fantastic man and a great business partner. And so it's not like I did this alone. He was amazing, right? But we looked at each other. We said, instead of raising our fees, because most brokerages was raising their fees at the time and really putting the screws on the agents because their their income was going down. Yeah. We sat down, I don't know, 150 or however many we had, 170 agents at the time. And we said, we're lowering your fees. We're lowering your fees right now because we want you all to make it through this together. And we're a team. So we actually like looked at like, we're not going to make them suffer if we're not suffering. We're all in this together. And it was just a really great galvanizing experience for everybody. And the retention was really, really high. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, right? When you invest in someone, you make them, and you recognize the value that they hold and they bring, that person is going to like, die on the hill with you if that's what it takes, right? Uh, like A hundred percent. And, and yeah. too, many, too many decisions are made for short term. Yes. You know? And yeah. so we were like, okay, we're, we're not just in business today. So what decisions and, and factors are we going to look at to make a decision that impacts us for the long term, even as painful as it is today? Long term, we know it's better for us. So like, I want a cookie right now, <laughs> but long term, it'd be <laughs> right, better for right. me to have a salad, right? And right, right. So that instant gratification, kind of pushing that off in entrepreneurship is really important. Yeah. Although there's a balance, right? With the cookie and the salad. Every now and then, just eat the damn cookie. Like, go for yeah. it, right? If you would have saw like, what I had at Super Bowl yesterday, I basically was face <laughs> deep in some nacho cheese. So there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. But that's the balance, right? Yeah. Yesterday <laughs> was nacho go. cheese. Was, but sometimes salads are more fattening than the freaking nachos. And yeah. You, yeah. You and, just, and one of the businesses I am involved in right yes, now. Yes. I, I want to talk uh, about that. Yes. This nutritional business. And then, you know, I work there all day and I go home and put my face in some nacho cheese. So there's balance for you. Uh, yeah. Now you just outed yourself. Talk about that nutritional business too, because I've seen that is, uh, and that's cool. And that is, it's just starting to pop up a little more here on the East coast, like out in the sticks where we live, you know, we're in New York, oh, we're not, yeah. we're not in the city. Like we're out in the country in New York and it is starting to pop up more and be a little more prevalent, but still it's like fewer and far between than the chains and the, and the fast food and all that. So how did you, how did that become another passion and another thing that you said, Hey, I'm going to take this passion and I'm just going to turn it into this badass business and crush it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was actually two or three reasons. Truly, yeah. One of them was for my own thing as a, I try and do some endurance uh, competition uh, events like Ironman triathlons and whatnot. And so food, I know how important it is for, for athletics, but then personally, my father who, um, my biological father, we didn't, I didn't see him for about 27 years, but when we reconnected, I only got him for a couple of years because he passed away about two and a half years ago of type two diabetes, you know, a metabolic disease that could be prevented by food. Uh, my mom uh, suffered for as long as I've lived for with Crohn's disease and, and a few things. And so food in my life has been really, really important, but not everybody's really taught how important it is um, yeah. or made it really accessible. So that was one reason, one set of reasons. And then the other set of reasons is as I'm looking at business and I do some business consulting, I wanted a really good case study. And I thought it'd be great to actually open a business with the highest failure rate <laughs> in a really competitive market like Portland, Oregon, and, and show that if you do it this certain way, business is business. And if you do it this way, you can flourish no matter what the odds are stacked against you. So I'm also using it as a case study as well on top of it's been the most like heartfelt that I've ever been in. Like yesterday I worked there all day and there's literally people at the counter crying, thanking us 
you know, it's like just this amazing side effect of of all those things I didn't really expect. Um, So those things combined are actually why I'm doing it. We've been busy about 18 months and it's going really, really well, really well. Yeah. 18 months is like brand new, but you're still out there. And I saw the video and I saw like, you're just behind the counter. Hey, come on in today. Really stop in and just say hello. I'll give you a, what was it? 20% off your thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just pop yeah. it. Come I mean, in, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Right. I was like, how, how quick can I get to Oregon from New York? You know, but I just couldn't, couldn't fit it in yesterday. Yeah, that's cool. I love 50 <laughs> people stop in and, and we, that's you know, awesome. we, we, we got them some food, gave them a little deal and, and chatted a little bit. And it was a really great weekend for sure. Yeah. So how do you, do you offer advice for parents like me, right? Who, when my kids were little, they started off, I started off with the first couple kids having to eat healthy and then everything just went haywire on me. You know, I just kept having kids and then my husband was deployed and then he was killed and then I'm on my own. And so the, the nutrition was one of the first things that just, like if I put pizza or mac and cheese or something on the table, I was like, rock on sister, you know, you did it, which, you know, my kids are here and up and and about, but they don't necessarily have the best eating habits, especially the youngest who got the most years of that. Right. So how would you take a teenager? Can you take a teenager who is now, I would say addicted to, you know, the crappy stuff and, um, how, how do you turn that around? What is your advice to parents? Well, first disclosure, I have a son who's 13 and my daughter's 14. Okay. Yeah. And my son is probably made of one third cheese pizza, one third like chicken nuggets <laughs> and one third mac and cheese. Like that's. Okay. All right. So maybe he's related to my son. Yeah. First disclosure, <laughs> yeah. right? My daughter's okay. more adventurous, but, yeah, but yeah. I hate giving advice to parents because parenting is so hard and I don't want it to be well, like. Tips way you do or, it. Yes. Whatever you want to. We don't okay. get hung up on advice. Okay. So if you don't like that word. Yeah. What would we pick a different word? What's a tip? What's a nugget? What's a I nugget? would definitely a, say a that trick. the only way to actually transition them yeah. is through example. Yes. And, and through example, the more they're exposed to, and that's actually, I should have mentioned, that's actually one of the reasons why I did this, this project is they could see that environment because all day, every day they walk around and they're surrounded by obesity and Taco Bell yeah, yeah, yeah. and examples yeah. that aren't this way. And if they want to have a, a, a long, energetic, you know, pain-free life, food has to be the, the basis of that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, that, that's a really good example. So I was a crazy picky either. I think there was a, like a year where I only wanted Kentucky Fried Chicken, my mom told me, right? So, you know, I know you, you turn around, but that was only yeah, because yeah. of other influences right you know and so definitely it's just lead bags like if if in the refrigerator they always see some healthy options eventually they're going to start wanting the healthy options it's just the way it is i worked with three of them my one they just rag on me i'm all organic i'm salads and beets and all this i mean i like to have some junk on occasion right but mostly i learned the impacts of food on the body right but they just make fun of me mom you know organic butter mayo like i'm like yeah i can eat it like yeah (laughs) i gotta trust me you know mom (laughs) mom's gonna hate me telling you all this but we i grew up in a house where on fridays we had deep fried fat fridays or something like that where everything was put in the fryer like that sounds amazing though (laughs) yeah like that was that was the dinner right so you know and a lot of sour cream and everything and cheese so which is delicious, but you don't always end up with the, with the best energy. You know? Yeah. 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 It sits in you like a brick right the next day. Okay. Yeah. So you were talking and you touched there quickly on not seeing your dad for many, many years. And this is the part that I, I would like to go into if you're game to go into for a little bit to give people context and, um, you know, and 
you know, the real look behind, you're not an overnight thing. You, you had choices to make. And a lot of people, especially people that listen here are facing challenges. I've been through my own challenges. I made some bad decisions. I bought into the victim mentality. You know, why me? Poor me. This sucks. Everything's unfair. That's really hard really hard to break out of more so than changing your diet. I think of the food you actually consume is changing, you know, the thoughts that consume you. Right. And, and so, uh, I would like to talk about how you did that because you had your own story. Most people have stories, right. And you got your own, you, you know, your own struggles that, you know, your parents split when you were young, you didn't see him for like, like 30 years. And then, you know, you have a, a half brother that had his own troubles and you lost and missed and touched. I mean, how much, I don't know what you're willing to, you know, to, to talk about. I only got this because you talked about it somewhere online in one of your videos. And that video that I saw you touch it on was amazing that you're outside the, the Mexican restaurant where you had met the, oh, yeah, waiter. like yeah. th those stories blow me away. And I'm like, those just make, make it real that there's an energy that connects us all. Right. And it's how you, how you play it. So whatever you're willing to go into on that and your messages and your insight for anybody else who is dealing with something that has the potential to beat them if they let it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm totally open book about all of that. There was a yeah. part of me for a really long time that was honestly ashamed of it really. Cause I thought it was a reflection of me, but as you get older, you realize I had no choice. You know, I didn't have choice what my brother decided to do. I didn't yeah. have choice what my parents decided to do. So why should there be shame about it? What, right. why can't I look at it as for the lessons, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and, and truly like all of our, at least all of my greatest lessons came packaged as a tragedy, came packaged as hardship, you know, came packaged as, as shitty cards that I was dealt. Right. But if you have the courage to actually unwrap that shit and look for, for the beauty inside of it, then you're going to learn something pretty fucking amazing. So, you know, that's, that's how I ended up evolving into that. But yeah, you know, my parents split when I was real young and same with my other sister and a half brother. And, and I do this thing actually. So I've been speaking sometimes to some, some youth now more like high school age kids and, and actually put up one of the mugshots of my brother on the screen. Huh. And he doesn't look like a, a, a really friendly guy, neck tattoos, crazy hair looks, you know, he's, he's, he looks exactly like what a mugshot looks like. Right. And, and granted he's been in the crip gangs for a really long time. And so it's a, it's a departure, right? Departure. Right. But I put up a mugshot of him or, or five or 10 or 12 sometimes. And he's got a lot of them. And I say, all right, like just if we were to stereotype, let's guess to see what his childhood might be like. Would you guess that there might have been some abuse? Yeah. Would you guess there might be alcoholism? Yes. Would you guess there might be like financial hardship? Yes. Would you guess there might be turmoil in the house? Yes, absolutely. Right. And I go, by the way, I know him. And I sat in the hospital with him after he was shot in a gang shooting on the streets of Portland. And it paralyzed him from the waist down, right? Yeah. Fully on one side, partially on the other side. And I got to see him in the hospital when he had one of his legs amputated. And so I sat there and we did a rundown of his life and asked him, how do you think you ended up the way you ended up right now laying in this hospital bed, getting your leg amputated in a, in a gang shooting? And he said, well, look at where I came from. How else was I supposed to turn out? And then I turn to the kids and I say, by the way, the guy on the screen is a brother. And I kind of tell my life story and I say, I'm his brother. And if you ask me why I turned out the way I did, I also say, look at where I came from. How else was I going to turn out? Right? It's the exact same thing for any scenario, any tragedy. You do have a choice to either find the beauty in it or become the fucking victim. Yeah. And everybody has a story. Everybody has a tragedy. You can't go through life without hardship. You can't go through life without heartbreak, right? You are the perfect example. Really a beautiful lady with a wonderful spirit. You've experienced shit that people shouldn't ever have to experience. You found the beauty in it, right? 
as yeah. hard days. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it took a long time. Yes. It took a very long time. First, I found all that. You know, okay. First, I let it make me its bitch for about 10 years, you know. And why um, wouldn't it? But um, so, but yes, I mean, thank you for saying that. But so I appreciate that, that you share that. Um, and I, I love that you're going out and you're talking to the kids, you know, to students, to youth. And that's the thing. And I think especially for kids who are dealing with some things that maybe are a little less typical in their student body, you know, then, you know, everybody's got their problems, right? But, um, you know, there's kids who have problems and there's kids who have like problems, problems, right? And yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. and, and it, a lot it, of those kids don't want to share their problems, but if they hear that message from you, yeah. it probably like just plants with them. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like I did this, I did a gig at the local high school the other day with the local leaders from our school district. And I was like, Hey, who's heard the, who's heard the terminology about, you know, you play the, play the cards, your best dealt, like play them, like get the card. I'm like, no, throw that shit away. Like throw, get a new, get a new hand. Like yeah. you were dealt a hand in elementary school. You threw that away. You went to junior high. You were dealt a hand in junior high, throw that away. Now you're dealt a hand in high school. If you don't like that hand, you're dealt in high school, you throw that away. You start that again in college or where you start. To, like we have the ability, right? Like yeah. it's just like some of these cliche things, like you can do anything you set your mind to. It's total bullshit. Like I, I can't <laughs> dunk the basketball. Look at me. I'm not that tall. Right. But, yeah. but I can play basketball really well. Right. Right that's an overstatement, but you get the idea. I don't have to dunk to play the game. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah, So, you know, I just, I, I, it's been really fun to deal with these high school kids. They're motivating me. They're smart. Like all this, all these things talking about kids being like lazy and, and, and entitled. There's of course an element of that, but every generation has that. Yeah. The kids I'm running into, man, they, they want to be led. They want to be showed how to be happy. They want to be showed how to be productive. They want right. to show, they want to be like, they want to be led. So let's do it. Like adults, if we have a generation of children that we're not happy with, it's our fucking fault. We raised yeah. them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's do something about that. Yeah. And I think that's probably a great break from the regular, you know, bell rings every 40 minutes, three minutes of class, start that. It's a great break to have somebody like you come on in and teach them the stuff that is going to carry with them into life more, way more so than the stuff that they have to memorize, you know, for the tests and all that. And it's really important. Yeah. I do this with my kids and with these kids. I, I, I even outwardly tell them, I say, listen, there's an old philosophy that a mind is to be kindled, not filled. And so I'm not here to tell you what to think. You know, I'm not here to tell you what right. to believe, but I'm here to, to empower you to think critically and understand the difference between the fact and the opinion and be able to process that and come out with your own beliefs. Not your parents' yeah. beliefs, not your teachers' beliefs, not the politicians or Fox or CNNs, your fucking beliefs. These are your beliefs that you're going to have through your life. Choose them with intention. Yeah. So that, that's been really, really fun to work through. Yeah. That is cool. So if you had a choice, if I was going to call you today and say, Eric, I have eight gigs for you this month coming up, but you have to choose. They're either all high schools and kids, or and they're going to pay X amount, or they're this corporation that's going to pay you four times X amount. And there's no wrong answer. I'm not setting up to be an asshole you, if you, you take are. the money. Yeah, no, you really are. Not. Yeah, you are. All right, forget it. The money's the same. No, forget I'm about kidding, the money. But no. say, all right, you're going to speak to both audiences for free. Um, who would you, like, who do you relate? What's your... I was more scared like, to talk in front of the kids than I, would, than I was at, you know, a conference I can totally get it. Yes. <laughs> like, really yeah. 100%. I was like, these kids are impressionable, and they have short attention spans, Right. Yeah. And, and, and I need to choose my words very carefully to understand that, you know, it, it, in, a, in an environment where they're really honestly taught to look for things to be offended by. Yes. Truly, truly 100%. I know. Yeah. In fact, one of the, one of the events I went to on the rules of the board that they put on the, for the board, it says, uh -huh. do not be offended or try not to be offended. If you are bringing it up, I'm like, why would we even choose that word? Yes. Like, why wouldn't we choose to say, I disagree. So let's talk through it. 
but why do you have to be offended? You can disagree and not be offended by somebody. So, so, the, so I'm going into that environment, which is really an interesting problem, honestly. So, yeah. um, but you know, I, to answer your question, well, first of all, I would do them all. Like we have plenty of time in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, if all, it's right, eight all right, days, all right. I, that was a dumb question. There's really no way you're gonna. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna take win. that question back. There's no winning, Louis. It was just a dumb question. Sometimes I ask good questions. Sometimes I ask dumb questions. I get it. It was one of those as it was like coming it. out of my mouth. I'm like, stop! But it was too late. It was out. <laughs> so <laughs> we made our way through it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Um, you did this other video, say, and see. Obviously, I've been watching your videos for a while, and it's so cool that I get to freaking interview you now. Like when I first saw your interview, it was like. Or your videos, who would have thought that I'd get to interview now? It's so freaking awesome. You could do anything you want in this country, right? You just got to just go for it. Just pick up a phone or an email and go for it. So, but one of the videos that you shot at school, which it, it hit me as well, and Dave, forget about it, hit him too. It was the video where you took the piece of cereal out of the jar every week with oh, your, yeah. your daughter or every month, right? Um, dude, I have three, four kids, right? And we've been through hell and back multiple times. And three of them are now in college. There you go. I, I, I have it right here on my It desk. happens. Yeah. And so I feel that and I know that. And I'm like, man, I, it's so good to see you like aware of that before it comes, you know, and so just making the most of those moments because it does change. It does change when they go to college. But um, so how far away is she from, from headed she's off? Four, to, she's 14. She's a freshman. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got plenty. I mean, you do have time, but it does like whiz pat. It's like the school year up until Memorial Day weekend. And then it just, it's just gone, right. Or spring Absolutely. break and then it's gone. But yeah. So what are some things that you will do to take a moment to like savor with, what are some, some special things that you do with, with your kids? Well, let's say this morning. So I drove her to school this morning, right? Yeah. I drove her to high school this morning. And this morning, instead of doing anything else, instead of like checking my phone or worrying about the traffic or talking about the snow, my daughter loves music. So I was like, sis, you're the DJ today. Put on some jams. We're DJing. And so we're literally like car karaoke and like just dancing and have fun yeah. until we got right in front of the high school. She goes, dad, no dancing in the dance <laughs> zone. <laughs> or in the school zone. I mean, no, no yeah, dancing yeah. in the school zone. And I'm cracking up. I'm like, so you're going to let them steal your joy? Come on, let's do this. You know, like, why would you let them steal it? They're jealous we're having fun, right? And so, it, it, so we work through this like, um, this like, you know, teenage angst yeah, to yeah. really, truly understanding what's actually important. And it's not always the opinions of others. You know, and that's a really hard thing for a 14 year old girl. So I don't push her or anything like that, but try to lead by examples. Like, you know, we can be goofy and actually people like that, you know, yeah, yeah. Or you can be you and actually people like you, you don't have to be the version of you that, that they want you to be, you know, yeah. and that's totally acceptable. So just, so those are those little teeny moments. It was just a seven minute, eight minute car ride. You know, those got, are the best though. Yeah. yeah. It's just so simple, but I'll probably, now that I'm talking about it, that's a cool little memory, you know, yeah. and it just happened 45 minutes ago. Yeah. So yeah, that's just one, just one little, little thing. And you know, it's not, you know, we're all busy, so you can't always be regretful of the amount of time, right. but you should be regretful uh, if you're not spending the quality time. Yeah, and totally. So that's the difference. I used to hang all four of my kids on, they'd be like on me, one here, one there, two on the shopping cart, you know, with the steering wheels and all this, you know, because four of them, one of me, like you're they're like, like a possum with them, like hanging everywhere. Right. But and like, we're racing through the parking lot and some guy actually stopped me and he's like, you know, it's so good to see a mom who just has fun with her kids. He's like, I can't remember the last time I saw that. And so, and that just made me think, and that, what that guy said to me stayed with me all those years. And I was like, look, take any moment you can. Isn't it cool? Like how one person can say a random comment to you and it just sticks with you Clicks. like yeah, forever. Absolutely. Has anybody absolutely. ever said anything like that to you? That's like a random comment that just penetrated right down. Well, all the time, but I, I use quotes a lot. 
Yeah. I, like I, I read and look at people's quotes, influential people, or just anybody's quotes, because sometimes it takes such a, a grand idea and just makes it so digestible and such a mm-hmm. little thing. Right. And so, you know, there was one I actually saw the other day in this line, it was something about how time is not the most important thing, thing you have. It's the people you spend the time with that is the most important thing. And yeah. so, you know, like you can have a long time, but if you lose the people that are really important to you, time sucks. Yeah. Right. So it's really cherishing the time that you spend with the people that make that time cool. And so it's just little things like that, that I kind of like, so when you ask, there's people say yes, every day, I literally look for every single morning. I look, read, watch something that's inspiring or funny or educational. And and so every day I am finding something that really does stick with me, at least for that full day, for sure. Yeah. Nice. Who is someone who's been a mentor to you or served as a mentor to you in some capacity, whether they knew it or not? Uh, well, I think my business partner in the real estate brokerage, John, um, I have to give him so much credit. Um, he's just, he's a guy that we've had, like we've traveled to Fiji before together. We went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro together for my 40th birthday in Africa. We, we've, we've had a lot of intense time together and he's one of the more intelligent men that I've just spent time with and lucky to call him my friend. And I've even talked to him now for really deeply in a couple of months since we've sold the business, but, um, he's definitely acted as one and he wouldn't even have any idea that I've ever said this before, you know, but I, he comes to the top of my mind, but all these people, and this is what's really cool. Like we have access to any multimillionaire, any successful business owner, any professional athlete, all through social media and their podcasts and, you know, like all day, every day for free or for a $12 book. Yeah. And so, you know, we have, I have a lot of mentors I've never met before, yeah. you know, Jesse Itzler, I think is, is a wonderful man, an amazing human being. And yeah. I would love to meet him one day, but he's mentored me in a lot of different ways, just through his videos and social media. presence. Right. So yeah, a lot of different ones for sure. Yeah, that is cool. And I love that you, all those things that you just touched on are things that uh, we touch on too. And we, I love that you just put that in a different way for people. I think the more they hear it, the more it'll sink in. And yeah, it's great. You can, you can consume anybody's message you want. And the, it's the choices you make, whose messages you consume and what you give back can a hundred percent change the way you go about every day of your life. Um, all right, let's get into something that may or may not lose us a little bit, right? Because it shouldn't be crazy, but it is this patriotism. I love that you get out there and you go with it. Right. And what has, have you had like any pushback from people on your patriotic? We get we get told all the time. I saw your post the other day, patriotism is racism. I'm like, well, I agree, but I can't, I lost track of how many times I've been called a racist. I've, I've been called a racist. I can't even say that with a straight face, right? Because wow, yeah, sorry I've been called that. it so many times and, um, and, and worse than that, just because, you know, I think that patriotism is what, it's one thing we can celebrate as Americans, right? It's like, the one thing we all have in common, uh, one of the few things, right? But what are, why is it so important to you? And why are you out there pushing that message? And what is some of the feedback you're getting from that? Well, I think the under, underlying emotion for me behind patriotism is just gratitude. Yeah. Like, I'm just literally grateful about, like, I had a safe drive to taking my daughter to school today. You don't get to do that in other countries right. or other places even neighborhoods, right? Just this gratitude that we have men and women that are willing to help protect those ideals. You know, gratitude that, that um, uh, you know, my neighbor um, is a safe human being. Like just gratitude all day, every day is kind of the underlying part of, of, of patriotism for me. I'm, I'm truly grateful. You know, I do have a, a flag behind me here. That's my grandfather's flag it, it, that represents him. You know, that's, and, and actually the urn 
there uh, is my is my father's uh, urn that I just got actually for Christmas, and um, you know, it's just I'm just grateful to even have those things with me. And 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 my dad, who I didn't even know for like you said, almost thirty years, coming to find out, he never served, but he was sure he did a lot of things through his business that uh, donated a lot through to, to veterans and, and wounded warriors and things like that. And we had this commonality of just gratitude for things without even knowing each other for for that long. And, and so patriotism to me, it doesn't, isn't the flag. It's just representing that, uh, man, I, I think tolerance is patriotism. I think diversity is patriotism. I think love and truth and joy is patriotism, right? I think being inspired is patriotism. I think working hard and not being entitled is patriotism. Like all those things are right. underneath patriotism to me. So why wouldn't I want to share that message? Why wouldn't I want everybody to be successful and happy and not be entitled and, and, and be wanting to be ser- you know, having a serving spirit to other people? Like that's patriotism to me. It has nothing to do with our race or color, our sex or orientation or history. Or her- that's what patriotism means to me. And, and I've never actually talked about it like this. This is now flowing yeah. out of me. I've never yeah. been asked the question before. So but that's what makes sense. That's what's in my heart. That's what I'm just sharing right now, I guess. No, I'm glad. And that's why I asked. And I never, I never ever would have thought... Like, it's just funny how life takes you, right? If anybody thought I'd be almost like, not, I don't know what the word is, like just promoting or talking about patriotism to the extent that I am now, I would have told them they were out of their freaking minds because, yeah. you know, like, yeah. please, like, who am I to, who am I to do all this? But, you know, the more it happens, the more this message kind of sticks with you. And I think that personally, I feel like that is one of the things that is, you know, weakening the backbone of this country in general is that page, like, the one thing that unites us is being ripped apart, you know, and we're trying to kind of restore it. But that's how I feel about it. And I'm always curious to hear how other people feel about it and what your what your feedback has been. Do you have people who are like pushing back and and embracing that message? Or do you have people who are pushing back and you know, yeah, and I not think I think generally it? because they understand if anybody knows me, even if they disagree, they're like, yeah. oh, he's wrong, but his intent is good. Yeah. Right? Like I've been wrong plenty of times, but at least my intent, like you can right. fail fumbling forward in the right direction all right. the time. And so people that know me understand that even if I misstep or misspeak or I'm wrong on a topic, cause I've changed my mind before. Cause I got new information. That's fine. It's right. not wishy-washy. That's being smart. <laughs> it's being yeah, it's, wise. It's evolving. It's, ev- <laughs> it's evolution. Right. Yeah. So, you know, people that ever have an interaction, they understand that. But I can see if somebody has a strong opinion about any one thing, if you disagree, you might have a negative, you know, I don't want to say approach them, but a negative feeling just because you disagree. And, right. and I think people are just so quick to make judgments about other people, just so quick. Like, you, you know, there was a, a story I saw on, uh, on somebody's page and they said a teacher wrote 10 things, 10 math problems on the board and intentionally did the wrong, the first one wrong, but did nine properly. And all the students just pointed out the one wrong and didn't applaud the teacher for doing nine right, right? Yeah. And that's, that was such a great little illustration of how people are so quick to point out the one wrong thing and dismiss all the amazing things that you do, you know, and there's not yeah. enough grace that's given. So, of course, people will disagree with me. But if I ever meet them or talk to them or, or even interact or a message online, they're like, oh, at least he's, his intent is doing the right thing, right. right? And, you know, so that's, I've found a lot of uh, empowerment in that that you can disagree with somebody and still walk away and still be you know, confident with who you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, but the, but the, but the, you know, the labels of racism and, and you're racist and whatnot. A lot of times when people just disagree. They don't have a real reason to disagree with yeah. you. They'll just throw an insult. Right. Yeah. And that's just, it's just low level thinking, but it is what it is. And so you just do it, especially online. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's super easy online to be yeah. this 
Superman in your in your own head, I guess. I have one of my best friends. She's on the left, I'm on the right. And um, yeah, it's interesting, right? I'm like, well, I love you anyway. I'm like, Christine, I love you. Even though you're so wrong, you know, I love you. <laughs> we'll we'll you? joke about that. You know, she's like, even though you're fucked in the head, I love you. You know, And you just yeah. kind of make it a joke, right? But, um, and I just think it's such a basic, basic thing that is being lost in this country. Um, all right. So you answered a question already that I like to ask. You scooped me again, man, you're scooping me about like, you know, who, who would you like to meet if you haven't already? Jesse Isler is among them. Dude, he's cool. Have you read his book, Living with a Seal? Oh yeah. And Living with the Monks. And Living with the Monks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, it's so, so cool. Um, I got to, I have heard him speak a couple of times and he's, he's killer. Um, all right. So what is the next thing? Like if you were going to do this next big project, something maybe that you're into, you would love to do, but you don't get to talk about, you don't get to think about much, like some passion is like, I don't know, Frisbee competitions or you want to make pizzas or whatever. I had one guy who was a multi Pedro Coolian came out there. He's like, I want to be a stand-up comedian. I'm like, well, I wouldn't have guessed that, right? I love um, that. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. So I think people tend to have something in inside them that they don't necessarily indulge. What would be the thing for you? Well, one thing that I learned about myself, I, I was mislabeled. I mislabeled myself as an entrepreneur because yeah. that, you know I started businesses or invest in businesses or whatever. And, but there was, there was something that was unsettling about owning that title about it because I never, I was like, yeah, well, that's how I could describe myself, but it didn't make sense. But I ended up figuring out actually one time at a Tony Robbins event in, in Fiji at a business mastery event. And we were talking, I was actually talking with Tony and I was like, I have a problem with this label. And, and he says, okay, well, it's because you're a creative that uses business to express your creativity. So ever since then, I've been like, Right. Like, so I'm like, yes, I can express creativity through lots of things. Like I write poetry now. I've been writing some music. I'm learning to play guitar this year is, is one of my goals for the year. Right. So I want to actually like write and, and make an album. And I have somebody that I'm working with on that because I can't play or sing that well, but I can certainly <laughs> create it and then he can make it amazing. Right. So I can awesome. create that way through business, through the other businesses I'm working on evolving. And like, that's why I like to build things. I'm building a storage facility in, in central Oregon right now. Cause we're building something that people will use building this restaurant that people will use like, like a song, an idea, a video that's, that's useful and valuable to somebody. I want to create that. So I just keep going down the path of creativity, developing a message that I could have for youth, I think is really something I'm, I'm seriously interested in. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing another gig in a couple of weeks uh, with the governor of our state and a couple of NFL players with, with all the youth leaders of our state. And I'm really excited to be part of that. I think that's really cool. So that's really speaking to me. So I want to go down that path a little bit further. Um, so it's just creativity and kind of learning more of who I am right now. Like, I'm definitely evolving. I'm 45 years old. I have a lot to do. I have a lot that I want to do. And, and I got to get cracking. <laughs> I got to get going on this thing. So um, I, I hope that answered yeah. your question. But it's being more creative and yeah. being more resourceful with my creativity and finding a better path uh, forward to use that for sure. Yeah. I love it. So if someone said to you, like, ah, you're in your 40s, like it's too old to be starting something new, I imagine you Bring would it. have. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. <laughs> There you Great. go. And it's hard. Or if somebody said like, I'm almost 50 or I'm 55 or whatever, it's too late for me. Like, you know, it's, I missed my, I missed my chance to do this thing I wanted to do. What when is there the right time to get in yeah. shape or have a baby or start a business or get married or move? There's never a right time. There, right. Like it's not the right time when you're 22, 25, 35, 55, do it now. Like if that's what you need to do, you just do it today. Right. And so yeah. that's, like the whole age thing is, a, is an interesting conversation. I'm not just saying that because now I'm 45, but it truly <laughs> is. And if you know yes. things at 45, you didn't know at 25 that you can make the most out of, then do it now. Right? Yep. That's, that's the time. True. Yeah. 
So if I'm in your life and with you all the time, and I know you well, what is something that I would say if somebody asked me a question, what does Eric do that's really freaking annoying? What would that be? Holy what is moly. <laughs> wow. Where do I begin? Um, Where, just pick one. I'm just kidding. No, I, um, take on too much. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the skill of saying no isn't something I'm super good at. So, you know, oh, I thought you were just excited to be on this. I didn't know you yeah, just said yes no. to everybody. All right, <laughs> that's fine. And, oh, all right, I see. We're, we're not Got so me. special anymore, but, but that's true. all right. But in <laughs> okay. general, in general, you know, if you, if you spread yourself too thin, yes. then you can't take it, you drop some balls sometimes, you know? Yes. And, and so, whether that's returning a text message or whether that's, you know, saying you're going to do something that you don't get done because you've said yes to too many things. Yeah. That's probably, I would, I would definitely pick that, I think. Um, but I, you know, I have a lot of energy, so I want to do it all, you know, and I want to see everybody and I want to, I want to, I want to do all the things that will do something for somebody else and, and hopefully something great comes out of it. And so, you know, I, as you know, I try and find the upside. So I'm like, yeah, that's probably a problem. That's also led me to, to, to meet some amazing people and do some really, really cool things. So, um, even saying yes to do like a physical challenge, like my partner's talking about, he's like, Hey, do you want to do a mountain bike race? I'm like, yeah, let's do one. And I found one that's a hundred miles in a day. He goes, okay, <laughs> let's do that. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think you'd say yes. Uh, but I guess we're doing that now. Right. So it, just those sorts of things that are fun that leads to great lessons and experiences. And so, you know, it can be a good thing too. All right. Perfect. Um, you're hard to trip up, man. It's hard to trip you up. Can't do it. <laughs> Keep going. I love this. <laughs> I like to start my day. <laughs> it is a good way. Although it's like, halfway over here in New York, you know, we're, we're a little ahead of you that's out great. on the West coast there, but, um, yeah, that's good. So what do you have like some kind of freakish talent that is, doesn't do anything for anyone, but just something you're bizarrely wow. good at. Wow. 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 Uh, no, I'm pretty, pretty average at a lot of things. Like, um, Man, that, okay, you're tripping me up a little bit. No, I don't <laughs> honestly have a freakish talent. I can't really sing or dance. I just, I like to do everything. Like, um, I think a talent that I do have is I, I do have the ability to connect with people. I, yes. I, I, I found that doesn't matter what environment in. Like, I, one day I was, I spent my entire morning dealing with like people that are really in a bad way, either homeless or impoverished or whatever. And then that afternoon, I'm dressed in a suit in a boardroom with some very successful billionaire, like very successful people. And I was like, I'm just as comfortable, truly, yeah. truly comfortable, like in a hat right now or in a suit um, or, or in the gym or, or in the woods or, or in the suburbs. I'm really comfortable with, with almost every environment. So that's maybe a freakish skill, I guess. Some people get out of their comfort zone and they yes. get scared. Yes. And I'm like, no, this is cool. If I'm uncomfortable right now, I'm excited because that means I'm going to learn something. You know, and so that might be a skill. I don't know. Uh, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. And I, and I get it. I live in a discomfort zone. I live in a world of discomfort. It's just where I thrive, I guess. It's where I grow. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, But we, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, yeah. I have, I have learned the difference between masking. You know, you get so – you can get comfort in, in pain or some people depression yeah, or yeah, something yeah. else. But they forget how amazing joy is. Yes. You know, or how amazing oh, actually yeah. it is to be warm. You know, yes. and, 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 and have a non-dramatic relationship as an example. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Professional victims. I was a professional widow for a lot of years. You know, oh, it, was, you it was my identity is like, well, that's what, if you'd asked me, give me 10 words to describe myself, widow would have been like at the first, like it's just oh. it's how I saw myself, you know? So yeah. yeah, I get that. I relate to that. And that's another, it's, it's 
hugely difficult sometimes to get unstuck from that because you don't even know that you're stuck. You just right. know. So it's first recognizing it and do that. So yeah, I get that. What book are you reading now? Actually, David Goggins' book is is on my list. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Can't hurt me. That's that's one right up there. Um, and I got I got to finish that one. And somebody else just sent me a really cool book. A buddy Mike sent me a book, and it's a, st- a true story about a marine. Um, and I can't remember the title because he just said it on my front porch. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be my, that'll be my that'll be my next book. But right now it's the David Goggins. And by the way, I'd love to meet David too. So yes, he, he would be he would be a fun guy to have five minutes with, probably. So. Oh my God! Yeah, you better rest up for that one. Let's do it. Let's do it. I even try and run with him. I don't care. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, I th- I think he'd take you up on it. All right, and so now you got my wheels turning too, because we're working on some things here, and I think you know we'll circle back with you. All right, but we talk a lot obviously hear about the American dream and American snippets. It's important to us. And for me, when I see people crushing it and taking advantage of all these things in this country, it sort of validates everything that my family you know, gave up so that those can be there for that, right? So maybe that's selfish, but that just makes me feel good. It makes mm-hmm. me feel good to see people enjoying this country the way it was intended to be enjoyed and going after the American dream. And you talked about patriotism and maybe there's some overlap here, but if I was to ask you, it's different for everybody. Everyone's got their own version of the American dream. It's a unique to them. So I'd like to ask you, what is your definition? What does the American dream look like to you? Wow. I love that question. I haven't thought about it. You know, I think because we live in a time where we have access to so many resources, just constantly resources everywhere around us, whether it's through our technology or access to information, um, other people, um, I, I think the American dream is actually being resourceful with those resources and, 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 and truly understanding that, oh my gosh, I've never lived in a better time to make money. I've never lived in a better time to meet people who I wanted to meet. I've never lived in a better time where, where we've had, like, it's, it's a safer world now here, like statistically even, like most crime, like we just live in a really amazing time. Infant mortality rates edu- are down, education rates are up, like just so many amazing things. And, and I, was in an, I was in a workshop one time where, where he said, everybody look around the room and count everything that you see is red. Ready, go. Like, look for red. Look for red. Look for red. Everyone's looking for red. And he's like, stop. How many things did you see that are red? And people are like, 12, 14, 13. He's like, well, how many, how many things did you see that were like dark pink, but you called them red, right? Because you wanted to have a higher score, right? Or purple, and you counted as red. And he's like, well, how many things did you see that were white or black or, what, or brown? And people are like, oh, I didn't notice it. Like, yes, because we always look and we see what we're looking for. So if people go around looking for reasons to be inspired and happy, we live in an amazing time. Just as true. If you want to look for reasons to feel like we're in a shitty time, you can find those too. And unfortunately, what sells is that message. So more people like you or me or whoever, all these people are saying, no, fucking take advantage. Like, take advantage of this time. Take advantage of this opportunity. Like, that's to me, is the American dream. It's just making the most out of the opportunity that you have, whatever that looks like. And our opportunities are not equal. It depends upon who your parents are sometimes. It depends upon where you live, right? It depends upon who your neighbors are. It depends upon who you meet at the grocery store. Like, there is an element of luck and timing and, 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 and proximity for sure. But we've also never had the more ability to transcend all those and reach out like this. Like, you're, you're 2,500 miles away from me right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what an amazing time, right? We couldn't have done this 25 years ago. Couldn't so, have done this 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, I, I think that's the American dream. It's just yeah. realizing I'm not entitled. Nobody owes me shit. It's up right. to me to go make something out of these resources. 
And the minute that you take that accountability, that real accountability is the minute your life becomes really amazing daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Like that's really to me, the American dream. So there you go. Love it. Thank you so much. It's, it's fun to see you get like fired off and go off on that. Cause you could tell when someone's really believes in what they're talking about and really gets behind. It means a lot to them, right? So I think that's why, again, people relate to you so much and on the videos. I hope you just keep making those videos. I hope you keep going out there. We keep getting to see your content. I know there's so much more about you. I kind of bounced all over this time because I wanted to touch on as many areas, you know, as we could. But thank you for being out there and putting those messages out there. And if someone wants to connect with you and follow up on your work and learn from you and, and maybe work together with you, where can they find you? How did yeah, they go well, about that? You know, on Facebook, Eric Post American. And, and by the way, I use Eric Post American because at the time it was like, well, are you a man, woman, Democrat, liberal, like whatever? I was like, nope, just an American. Just, just <laughs> that's it. That's, all, that's the only label I want. That's it. So that's why the page yeah. is Eric Post American. You can do it. And I'll give you my personal email. It's posteric at me.com. Email, email me personally. I'll respond to every email. So um, that would be two easy ways. Yeah. Perfect. And it is easy, I know, because I've done both. And so... There you have it. But you don't have to be special, apparently, people. He'll just email anyone back. <laughs> oh, come on. I love that you're twisting that. I love, I love that you got me. I said yes. I, just, I said yes. I said yes. Here we go. I'm just kidding. That's all right. It doesn't matter. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, so, again, thank you, really, for taking the time to sit, sit down with us today. I know mornings are busy. Mondays are crazy, too. We appreciate it so much. No, I, I, honestly, I couldn't be more humbled, truly. And I say that. I looked at your list. I'm like, how, how did I make this list? Like it's, it's, it's that fascinating to me. So I'm, I, you know, I hope that we serve somebody today and, and appreciate you reaching out for sure. All right, there you have it, everyone. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Eric Post for being here as well. If you got any value out of today's episode, please share this with a friend, share it on social media. Make sure you tag us at American Snippets. If you want to learn more about Eric Post, don't forget to visit us at americansnippets.com. Check out the featured uh, podcast of the week. We do a full article on Eric Post's story. You can watch the video interview in its entirety. And we also throw in uh, links to Eric Post's social media profiles and his company as well. So you can learn more about him. Uh, again, if you got any value out of this episode, you enjoyed this episode, you enjoy this podcast each and every week. All that we ask is that you leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Our reviews go such a long way in helping us get these stories out there in front of more people. These are incredible, proud, exceptional Americans who are doing amazing things, both in business and in everyday life, giving back to their communities, so on and so forth. So a review would really go a long way, and Barb and I would really appreciate it. So leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, and again, Again, we appreciate you being here. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week. Yeah.